The text for the sermon this morning is Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. We'll read the verses 15 to the to verse 19. We'll read 15 to 19 of Deuteronomy 18. And there we read the following. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. According to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. <coughs> So the text is the first verse there. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, and that includes also the boys and girls, it's the time of Advent here at the, in December, the time when we, when we think about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. God's people live in the expectation of his coming to deliver them from sin and all the effects of sin. Today, we look forward to his coming in glory to bring those the Father gave him into his eternal joy. But for thousands of years, God's people had to look forward to his first coming, they didn't know about a second coming at that time yet, even. But they hoped in the gospel of salvation. They looked forward in anticipation to the coming of the Savior. And if you think about it, do you know that what the gospel was? If you really think about it, what was the gospel for God's people from the time of Adam till the time of Abraham? What gospel did they have? Promise. What gospel promise? Well, God's promise of salvation came down to what God told the devil right after the fall in Genesis 3, 15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. <clears throat> that was actually a, a wonderful gospel because it meant a break from the devil's grip and the beginning of uh, peace and friendship from God, with God. That was the, the gospel, though. That was the, basically the gospel that the believers had to cling to after the fall of our first parents until the, God called Abraham from Ur of the Chaldeans. That was the, their hope. From Abraham to Moses was around 500 years. Do you know what, the gospel, what gospel the people of God were given to hope in during that time period of history for those 500 years? Well, they had the promise of God made in paradise, but added to that, they also had the promise then made to Abraham in Genesis 22:18, 18, for instance, 
In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That was it. They had the, that was the gospel. But it kept being added to throughout history. And this morning we pay attention to an additional revelation of the good news about the coming of salvation, of a savior to reconcile people to God. And Moses received this revelation in our text from God, just as Israel was going in to take possession of the land of Canaan, which was also just before Moses' death. And you'll notice, I hope, how God's revelation of salvation is then unfolded more here over time. First, you have in paradise the promise, seed of the woman would destroy the devil and his dominion. Next, with Abram, the promise that, that a person would come out of Abraham and bring blessing and salvation to all nations, reconciliation among all peoples. And then in our text, the promise, we have the promise that the Savior would be a prophet out of Israel, bringing words of salvation. And so we come to that text this morning, and I preach to you this text with this theme, Moses promises a great prophet. We see three things, the motivation for that promise, the content of that promise, and the exhortation added to that promise. First of all, the motivation. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, you remember maybe that the whole book of Deuteronomy was spoken by Moses to Israel a month or so before the Israelites went into the promised land. Moses was deeply moved when he spoke the words of this book. They were like his farewell sermon. He wanted to impress on on the people of Israel before he was going to leave them, he, before he was going to depart, that they were to fear the Lord their God only and serve him alone and look to him alone. And so he repeats the law for them. That's what the name of this book, Deuteronomy, means. You might recall, Dudo is two and nomi is, is law. Second, the repetition of the law. Moses reminded Israel just after our text about the day when the Lord God had told him about the coming of a great prophet. Said verses 16 and 17, according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire anymore, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, what they have spoken is good. End of quote. <clears throat> so God gave that promise of a great prophet like Moses for the people at Mount Horeb already when he gave Moses the law on that mountain. That's when that, that promise of a great prophet was made. And that giving of the law at Mount Horeb is related to us in Exodus 20. We usually often read the, uh, the law out of Exodus 20. What happened at that time when, when the, the Lord gave his commandments, his Ten Commandments? Well, you can read in Exodus 20, the verses 18 and 19, the following. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, 
And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, You speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. In other words, the people were dead scared when they heard God speaking the law to them, his commandments. You can read the same in Deuteronomy 5. Moses reminds the people of what happened when they received the law from God in his own voice. Moses says, Deuteronomy 5, 23 to 29, So it was, when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness while the mountain was burning with fire, that you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh? who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived. You go near and hear all that the Lord our God may say and tell us all that the Lord our God says to you and we will hear and do it. Then the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spoke to me and the Lord said to me, I have heard the voice of the words of the people which they have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. End of quote. That's what happened at the mountain. And it was in those circumstances that God gave the promise of a great prophet like Moses, who would speak his word once and for all. The people heard the voice of God out of the fire at Horeb, and they were scared to death. That fear is also described in the New Testament, Hebrews 12, which we read here some time ago, the verses 20 and 21. For they, the Israelites, could not endure what was commanded on the mountain. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling. So, congregation, realize from what the Bible uh, says about that hearing of the law in God's own voice at Mount Horeb, that was a terrifying thing for the Israelites at that time. Even Moses was, was terrified. Must have been quite a voice that the people heard there. Even with a sound system, you know, somebody could speak to many thousands of people. Think of that ceremony in the stadium for Mandela's death. Don't know if you watch that on the news. Thousands of people, 40,000 people, 50,000 people. But God's voice was heard here by more than 600,000 Israelite men and women and children on top of that yet. 600,000 men and women and children without a sound system. It, it thundered out, that voice of God thundered out to the people for kilometers. Far and wide, 
Everybody heard it. Everyone heard exactly what was said. And the voice came out of this massive column of fire on top of that mountain. And when that voice spoke, the ground shook so that everybody figured they were going to die. This is it for us. And they figured they would certainly die. But not just from the hearing of God's awesome voice itself, but especially from what that voice said. That's what really, truly filled their hearts and their consciences with terror. Because what did they hear? They heard the same law you heard here this morning, those Ten Commandments. They heard it in God's own voice. And they knew then what kind of people they were. They knew that they so often put trust in other gods besides the Lord God. They realized we worship graven images, worship God in man-made ways. They had taken God's name in vain. Spoken it, God's name, not to glorify him, but for other purposes. And they had not remembered the Sabbath day as they should. And in their hearts, they were murderers, haters. They were adulterers. They were thieves. And they were false witnesses. They slandered others. And their hearts were full of sinful desires. And now they heard from God's voice what he commanded them, what he forbade them, even in their hearts. God, with his law, looked into their hearts. And all at once, at Horeb, their sins were completely uncovered in the sight of God. And they knew they were doomed. They knew they were children of the devil and of death. They saw clearly before them the horror of their eternal condemnation before God. Where could they go to be reconciled to God? Even where could they go and, and listen to his voice and live? Could they go up to the mountain themselves to plead with him? They weren't even allowed to go near the mountain, let alone touch it. If they did, they would be stoned or shot with an arrow. The way to the living God was closed for them in themselves. He was, for them, through the law, a consuming fire. So you can imagine how terrified they were in heart when they heard not only the sound of, but also the contents of those words which God spoke at Mount Horeb in their hearing. If God would keep talking to them, they felt their hearts would give up in panic. No wonder they asked that they no longer hear that voice of God. But that Moses would hear and speak for them. 
They couldn't endure being directly under the voice of God. They wanted Moses to mediate for them. You talk to God for us, and you talk from God to us. God had, through the thunder of his law, exposed their sins and sinfulness in their hearts. In the fire of his holiness and righteousness, he had shown he had every right to cast them into eternal condemnation. And the people fear, fearfully acknowledged that they had not kept God's law and that they now realized they needed a mediator between themselves and God. Brothers and sisters, we hear the law every Sunday. You just heard it this morning. It doesn't come to us the same way it came to the Israelites on Mount Horeb. In the same fashion. But it does come with the same words and the same intensity, congregation. Does that law of the Lord God Almighty, does it humble you today too? Does it cause us to acknowledge our sins and misery before God? And does it bring us to realize how desperately we need a mediator? What is God for you if in your heart you don't cringe when you hear from him, you shall have no other gods besides me. You shall not murder or hate. You shall not steal but be a generous giver. You shall not covet or set your desire on what is your neighbor's. Who is God for you? if you fool yourself into thinking that good intentions are enough? Who is God for you if you don't see you need a Savior to deal with his wrath against all your sins? We come to the second point, the content of that promise of a great prophet. Congregation, when those terrified Israelites realized that they needed a mediator between themselves and God, Moses didn't right away say, okay, I'll be your mediator. Neither did God say, the people are right, Moses, you, you be their mediator. No. God told Moses, I will raise up a prophet like Moses from your midst. And that's what Moses told the people then in our text, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like me from your midst. A prophet like me, Moses said, a prophet like Moses, the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. It says in Deuteronomy 34, verse 10, words obviously added later after Moses' death, it says, but since then there has not risen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. That's how Moses himself could best understand and make understandable to the people of Israel what that promised prophet would be like. A man like him, who knew God face to face. A man from the midst of the people, a man of flesh and blood, willing to stand before God for the, for the people. 
One who, as we read in Hebrews 3, verse 2, was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. See, the Israelites knew they were sinners in themselves and that they couldn't hear God's voice without feeling condemned before him who is a consuming fire to all sin. So they looked to Moses. He was a man like them who they could speak to and yet who also spoke with God and who spoke to God for them and spoke to them for God. And a mediator then who was from among their brethren, a loving covenant brother, in other words, who had their well-being at heart, would be willing to intercede for them to God. A mediator, as it says in Hebrews 2, 17 and 18, who would be like his brethren so that he might be, a merciful, might be merciful and faithful for in that he suffered being tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. A prophet like Moses, a great prophet like Moses who would stand between the holy God and sinful people. And that, you know, this, this pointed to none other than the Lord Jesus Christ the Son of God in the flesh. And, and that's how the Jews interpreted that promise. That's why when they, they saw the works that Jesus did when he was on earth, they said, John 6, 14, this true, is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. And right after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the apostle Peter applied Moses' words directly the Moses' words in our text directly to Jesus Christ when he explained, as we read in, in Acts 3, 21 and 22, for Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And then he points to Jesus, Jesus Christ. And the evangelist Stephen when he admonished the Sanhedrin for rejecting Jesus Christ, he quoted this text in Acts 7, 37. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. You see, our text was gospel for Israel when they were terrified at the hearing of the voice of God speaking the law and when they realized how sinful they were in themselves before him. Moses was about to die, but he promised a prophet like him from among their brothers, a faithful man who could mediate for them with God face to face, a prophet who would declare to them the whole counsel of God concerning their redemption, one who would in fact be greater than Moses, namely the Savior himself. For what Moses was, he was only through Christ and in Christ. Because as it says in John 1:17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Moses couldn't make satisfaction for sins. He couldn't atone for the sins of the people. He could only expose that by, he, he, by being the intermediary for God's law. But he was also a sinful man who was not able to enter Canaan itself because he hadn't given glory to God when he struck the rock for water in the wilderness. And Moses could not give the people of God circumcised hearts. He wasn't able to change their hearts from hearts of stone to hearts of flesh to love God. When he spoke in our text of a prophet like him, 
He only said that so that the people would have some idea of what that prophet who he promised for the future would be like, a prophet close to God, face to face with God. And that was the gospel for the people of Israel. And it's the gospel for us today too. We need a mediator. We need a mediator between us and God, the mediator Jesus Christ. A prophet like me, Moses said, him you shall hear. And that brings us to the last point, the exhortation added to that promise. Congregation, God doesn't receive sinners and the law of God only condemns us all. Israel realized that at Mount Horeb. The law was never given to save anybody. The law itself was, was given to show that we're all condemnable before God in ourselves. It can only condemn. God gave the law through the prophet Moses so that the people would realize how they are before God and so that they would look forward to the great prophet to come which Moses promised in the text. Him they were to hear. And they could hear him. He would bring the promised deliverance from the curse of the law and, and declare that. And so that exhortation of our text, him you shall hear, was for when the Lord would raise up that prophet from Israel's midst. Well, that exhortation was repeated throughout the Gospels by God himself. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him, he said on the Mount of Transfiguration. Listen to him. Also repeated by the Lord Jesus himself. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But Israel's leaders refused to hear. They didn't want to hear the prophet sent by God as mediator, as savior from the curse of the law of Moses. And so the gospel of his salvation went out to others. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, what about us today who have the law read to us every Sunday and who know the gospel of Jesus Christ? That exhortation of our text, hear him, that, that's for us today. As Moses warns, Deuteronomy 18, verse 19, if anyone does not listen to my words, that that prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. You will be judged according to the gospel of Jesus Christ that you heard. Do we hear him? That means, do we seek our complete salvation life present and future in him and in him alone? We heard the law read here earlier this morning, no thunder and fire, thankfully. But it's the same law, the same law from the same God. And that law condemns us too, congregation. If that was all we heard here, who would God be for us? outside of our highest prophet and teacher, Jesus Christ, who would God be for us? He would only be a condemning fire, a consuming fire. But what do you know if you hear this prophet, if you let yourselves be instructed by Jesus Christ, 
if you embrace his teaching. Well, as John writes in chapter 1, verse 17, as we mentioned before, the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given so people would know their need for a mediator. And Jesus Christ came to graciously fulfill that need for a mediator and savior and, and tell that truth from God. And so the exhortation of Moses in our text is for us today then. Him you shall hear. Hear him. Listen to this prophet. He tells the truth. He reveals himself in that gospel as the way, the truth, and the life. He shows us the whole counsel of God concerning our redemption and how it all comes to fullness in him. He teaches us that the God who speaks in thunder and fire, the God who is a righteous judge, is our gracious Father through him. He shows us how he was sent by God into this world, how he was born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. He reveals how he delivered us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us and how he has obtained eternal righteousness and life for us and how there is no condemnation anymore for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he shows us how he rose again from the dead for us and with his instruction by means of which the Spirit continually works faith in our hearts, he renews people in his image. He lets us hear God's law so that we, we look to him every day for grace and so that we seek our life outside of ourselves in him and so that we seek to live in all holiness as he does. He instructs us so that we realize that without him, without our highest prophet, we can do nothing and we are nothing. So congregation, hear him. Through the law of Moses, we know God is a consuming fire. Through Jesus Christ, through hearing him, we know God is the God of all grace and truth. So hear him, this highest prophet and savior. Because as he said himself, John 5, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Amen.